shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. It is Thursday, April 21st, 2022. This is episode 55 of the Human Hope Podcast. What's my question? Y'all ready for this? Come on. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Is it still moving you like it's still moving me? No, honestly. Ah, yeah, yeah. Ah, mm. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Human Hope Podcast uh, and welcome to Dr. Delight's Do You Believe as our intro music. It's still with me, you know, it's uh, once we hit a year on the podcast, we changed the intro. I, this is still my favorite. We are still there like Jake the Bear. Welcome to episode 55. Our podcast has, uh, we've grown right in the over of a year that we've had episodes now. We are now... We're entering into the afternoon of life on the podcast. The season where we're nearing retirement age. I mean, I guess 55 is not nearing retirement age, but I mean, maybe like if you've, if you've built up your retirement, you could retire, but we're not retiring at 55. We're not retiring at 65. We're not retiring at episode 2065. Well, do I have that many weeks left? How many weeks does a normal human live on planet earth? I don't know, but what I do know is today's episode is a direct response to some questions I was getting on my Instagram live last night. That's how we do things here at the Human Hope Podcast. It is currently as I record this Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. When you're listening to this, it is either Thursday, April 21st, 2022, or I don't know, Thursday, May 27th. 2075. Anyway, all I got to say is it's after today. And last night I was doing a live and, you know, I haven't done 
on Instagram live in a while where I just kind of like, you know, shoot the, the stuff with the familia, the Insta familia. And so it was just kind of like a Q and a, it was just a, uh, Hey, you know, we talked about, you know, I'd just gone down to visit my dad, uh, in Atlanta and my dad, as you all know, is struggling through dementia, his dementia diagnosis. So, you know, it was a pretty heavy day on the, on the Instagram, lots of tears, lots of you guys telling me, okay, thanks for making me cry, you know, at work. I'm like, well, it's your own fault for watching your stories at work. Aren't you supposed to wait till you go to bed? Anyway, um, so last night I was like, ah, just to kind of lighten things up, let's do a little Q&A. And inevitably when I start doing Q&As, um, the questions, they, they just, uh, there's so many questions on anxiety. There's, and you know, I've done multiple episodes, multiple courses. I have a whole course called Serotonin Spark that is now not for sale, but maybe I'll do something like that again. Um, dealing with the, our anxiety and dealing with helping you with anxiety and um, all the things. So I've got a whole podcast episode. Um, oh my gosh, what is the what is the Human Hope Anxiety podcast episode? I'm going to look it up as I type here. Um, so hold on, this is this is like for real on the fly producing here. Um, oh, here we go. Yeah, episode six. So if you guys go back to episode six of the human hope podcast. Um, that's the one it's called when anxiety shows up here is how to show it out. Now, again, I have a lot of content on anxiety and how to help yourself through seasons of anxiety. And I've, you know, I've talked to I'm blue in the face on that, but you know what I realized I haven't spoken on and I haven't like devoted some energy to that. I think is going to be really helpful, not only for you, that are going through a season of anxiety, but, but maybe once you get out of it, it can be helpful. And the topic is this. Okay. The topic is actually how can you help somebody that you love that's dealing with anxiety, right? Because there are some people that it's just not in their personality. Like, like they're just not ever going to suffer with anxiety or go through a season of anxiety like those of us who have. And a lot of people are always coming up to me going like, Carlos, like, what do I, how do, what do I say to my husband? What do I say to my wife? How do I hand, help my kid? How do I, I'm not going through it, but they're going through it. There's not one person listening to this podcast right now that does not know somebody that is going through a season of anxiety. So what I decided to do was spend some time putting together what I think is going to be very helpful tactics for those of you that have somebody in your life that is dealing with anxiety. So for me, for the longest time, it was me. I was the one. And so Heather was the one and my kids were the ones and my friends were the ones that were helping me. Um, now this isn't something that Heather normally talks on. So she's not going to be on this episode. Sorry. You know, you guys are really excited when I said her name, um, she'll be on another one coming up, but not this one. Um, but I was the one being helped. And so like, I, I, I took some, maybe some of past experiences that I had with people that were really helping me. And then people that weren't helping me that were maybe trying to help me. So I'm doing that. Uh, and then also just grab some research from some people smarter than me. 
but I mean, here, here's the thing. When it comes to helping somebody in a season of anxiety, it is different strokes for different folks. Like it's not, this isn't going to be like an equation. This is going to be like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a lot today. So this may be one of the more, you know, maybe if you rewind back to some of the earlier episodes where I'm just teaching and I give you a lot of practical tips that you can take away. This may be a grab your moleskin, grab your pen, sit down. If you're driving, you know, don't write while you're driving or if you're walking, I guess you could write while you're walking, but this is going to be something that I, I'd love for you guys to sit down and take some notes, um, write some things down, see what resonates with you and then just apply them. Okay. So that's what today's episode is going to be. It's going to be me and you talking about how can we help our friends and our family and our loved ones that are going through a season of anxiety? What can we do that maybe aren't going through it to help them get to the other side faster? That is today's conversation. So go grab that moleskin, go grab the cup of coffee and let's have a little coffee with Carlos. You know, my friend Kaylee has a podcast called Coffee with Kaylee. So when I was on her podcast, we, as a guest, we called it Café con Kaylee y Carlos. So today, in lieu and in honor of Coffee with Kaylee, this episode is going to be Café con Carlitos. Go grab your coffee, come back, and let's talk about how we can help those around us get through whatever season of anxiety they're going through. See you in a second. Okay, I don't know why I felt like we needed to go through an entire kind of cycle of that transition music. It's just, it's so beautiful. Um, just so you guys know, this song that I play as I'm introing the guest is called Promise of Hope by Curtis Parks. And it is gorgeous. It is beautiful. Uh, and I don't know, I want to listen to like 16 bars and I'm glad we did. So, okay, let's, you got, you got your paper, you got your moleskins, you got all the things that I asked you to, uh, asked you to get. Hopefully you do. And let's, let's start big. Let's take off up to, you know, 35,000 feet. We're on the airplane. We're looking down. We're seeing things now that we normally would never see if we're on the ground, right? When you're in the weeds, when you're in the thick of the forest, um, it's hard, it's hard to see your way out. Sometimes when you, when you go up, it's like, Oh, that's the way out. Oh no, no, turn around. Um, you know, w- when we're watching a football game on TV, right. Um, or if you're watching a basketball game or whatever sporting match, like, I, I don't know if we, if we realize, <laughs> I forget all the time that what I see on TV is not what the player sees. Right. So like, as, as players are running around, like they can't see that there's a a quarterback can't see that there's a wide receiver open behind them because they don't have eyeballs behind them, right? But we're yelling at them like, hey, you dummy. Hey, 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 like, oh my gosh, he was wide open. If he would have just thrown it to him, then he could have gotten the touchdown, right? And we, and we have a tendency <laughs> to like react that way and even like think, God, oh, what a horrible quarterback. Like, I can't believe he didn't, the guy was wide freaking open. 
That's exactly how a lot of us and a lot of people react to people that are struggling with, with anxiety. It's so true. We have a different perspective from the forest that they're in because we get to, we get to go up to a different angle and see possible solutions for them that they may not see themselves. But if we come at them, like so many of us you know, react to how we see things on, you know, a different angle in a sporting event, then, then they're not going to like, they're not going to receive that. So, so yes, it is helpful to have a different perspective, which we all do. Um, but also we, you know, it's, it's super helpful to understand the perspective of the person that's walking through the, the, the battle, right. Walking through it. We don't have a bird's eye view and they don't have a bird's eye view. And also it's helpful because then, you know, this is why it's helpful for me to have walked through it before. Cause I know what it looks like on the battlefield. Like I know what it looks like. Not that you have to have struggled with anxiety to understand um, what somebody's going through or to help them, excuse me, to help them through their season of anxiety, but it, it is helpful to try to put yourself in their place as well. Okay, so we're zooming up to 35,000 feet. Did I just add 5,000 feet? We're zooming up, we're looking, and we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna kind of, um, uh, we're gonna bank this whole conversation in three, you guys know I love threes. It helps me remember things. I am such a 1980s professor, but the way, I'm gonna give you three H's, okay? And these three H's are what we're gonna talk about. The way we can help someone that is struggling with anxiety uh, and help them through their season of anxiety, there's three H's that I want. I want to set these things up. Okay, ready? And these these aren't these aren't going to be what you think. Okay, I'm going to say them and then I'm going to explain them. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. Okay, the first one is hey, write that down. H e y, hey. The second one is huh, h u h. Okay, huh. The third one is here, H-E-R-E. So we've got three steps that I would love for all of us to go through. When you approach a conversation with somebody struggling with anxiety through a season of anxiety, I want you to remember those three words. Hey, huh, and here. Hey, huh, here. Hey, huh, here. Hey, huh, here. Sounds like I'm speaking in tongues. Hey, huh, here. Now, what, what in the world am I talking about? Well, the, the, the first one, hey, is really going to be our step to, to go up and actually communicate with them. Because I, I feel like for so many people, that is the hardest, the hardest step is actually saying something. So that's what hey is. We're going to get into that in a second. And then, huh, okay. Now, listen, that's different than, huh, huh, right? There's different ways to say, huh? H-U-H, with a little question mark, is the step where we are actually at that point listening. Huh, huh, and we're learning, okay? So, hey, we say something, huh? We're learning something, we're listening, okay? And then here, now it's our turn. You notice that? We don't say a thing. Like we're not leading. We do say something, but we're not leading in a conversation until the third step. Um, and, and the here is when we get to offer substantial 
um, direction for them. Here, let me help you. Here, I've got an idea. So, hey, we say something. Huh. We listen and we learn. Here, we help them. That's what we're going to do. That's where we're going to go. Before we can even get to those three, and there's going to be multiple ways to do those three things um, under each step. I do think that um, a lot of people don't even begin this because they don't feel like they are up to the task, right? Like, like what, are, what are some reasons why you may not feel up to the task, okay? Uh, here, let me give you three. Um, you're afraid that you're going to say something wrong, right? That, that's, that, that, that's across the board when it comes with, to helping anybody with anything. But that's a big reason why people don't even begin the process of helping somebody that they love. You know, I, I think all the time um, that, you know, if I'm scared, I'm going to say something wrong. It's like, well, what's going to happen if I don't say anything at all? Like, what are they going to feel like? Like, like if I saw one of my friends that, you know, their arm was bleeding uh, and they didn't know it. Right. And they're just like pouring blood out of their arms. I don't know how they wouldn't know it, but this is just what popped in my head. I would say something, right? Like I would overcome whatever fear I had of uh, saying something wrong because I don't care if I say something wrong at that point, like they're bleeding, like, like they're losing, they're losing blood. So if you see somebody struggling um, with anxiety, you, you gotta, you gotta overcome whatever hesitation you have. And, and you have to make sure that you just say it, right? So that, that's one reason. You're afraid you're going to say something wrong. Um, I, I mean, how about this one? Do you just don't feel confident? Like, like your confidence is lacking because maybe like I was just talking about in our 35,000 foot um, example, maybe you've never walked through it yourself. So if you haven't walked through it yourself, then you, you, know, you don't know and you're not confident. So that could be a reason. Okay. Um, what else? Well, you don't want to imply to them that maybe something's wrong with them. That, that's a big one, right? Now, now we're talking about relationships. Now we're talking like, well, I don't want to lose the relationship because I don't want to say anything because if I say something and then nothing's wrong or if they don't think something's wrong, then they're offended. Listen, I'm, I'm here to tell you that if you are friends or family with somebody that is struggling with anxiety and they may be um, displaying their, like their behavior may be displaying in like a, an angry way or in a way that makes you hesitate. They're asking for help. That That's what they're doing. I look back at my season of anxiety and it, I mean, what I was doing when I tried everything, actually I hadn't tried a lot. And so I was, I went the shortcut and I was medicating my anxiety with alcohol, so much alcohol. I, I remember telling one of my friends, like, I don't feel normal until I drink. Why? Because my anxiety was through the roof. And when I drank, it calmed me down. Like I felt calmer. So I was drinking, which was causing more problems in my body and in my mind. And I was drinking. And I, I remember when somebody said, hey man, I feel like you're drinking too much. Guess what? I was offended. Why? Because they were right. <laughs> they were right. And so what, what I, I just want to help you with that, right? 
like I know that you don't want to risk offending him or her, but trust me when I tell you it is more important to offend them and then help them than to not offend them and to watch them drown. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. So, um, yeah. I mean, we've just been through a season, right, as a society where people were offending people all the time with the hope that their offense would help them. So, just know that. I mean, those are some hesitations, right? You don't want to offend them. Um, you know, you're afraid you'll say something wrong. You don't want to lose a relationship. So, th- that makes sense. I understand why you might be hesitant. What are some reasons why you need to do it anyway? Okay. So listen, sincerely, like if you're sincere, if you're compassionate with them, you're honestly not going to make anything worse. So hear me tell you that. Okay. This is the part where I'm like, okay, you may be worried, but now this is why you need to not be worried and just do it. Okay. So understand that being compassionate being empathetic is going to be the thing that is going to help you overcome whatever fear you have of them not liking you. Okay. So uh, understand this. If, if you do experience fear or you think it's, you know, just if you're freaking out too much to intervene personally, just ask someone else to step in. So it doesn't even have to be you, right? If, if you have somebody that you're in a relationship with, and again, I'm just thinking of my story, I knew people that were concerned about me that maybe didn't have the relational um, collateral, relational collateral. You know what I'm trying to say? Relationship collateral with me that actually would talk to other people. That's not gossiping. If you're trying to help somebody do it. So lean into somebody else, right? Lean into somebody else. Um, And, and again, just remember that it's going to be hard, but you don't want to regret not stepping in. Okay. Um, not stepping in, not saying something is the worst possible thing that can happen for anyone. So th- those are my reasons to kind of help you guys overcome it, uh, overcome you know the fear that you may have that is keeping you from helping them. Okay, I want you to you know we'll we'll just kind of shelf those. Th- those are not part at all. Those aren't part of the magic. Hey, huh? Here, okay. Those are free. Now we're getting to the paid programming. No, this podcast isn't paid. I'm just saying this is the important stuff now, okay? Now we're getting to the nitty gritty. Um, hey, can we talk? You know, it, that is, this this kind of line in the sand is probably um, 99% of people are going to run the other direction if they don't get past this, if they don't get this part right then you're just not going to say anything. And, and we, I'm just telling you, if you, if you're with somebody that's struggling with this, they need you to say something. They need you to say, Hey, they need you to lean in. Um, so what I want to do for j- just a minute is actually maybe give you guys some very practical, tactical, simple 
declarative statements to make. Like write these down and 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 pull them out and be like, okay, Carlos said that I I need to overcome whatever reason I'm hesitating. Go and talk to him. Okay, I'm overcome it. Like he he gave me my reasons. Now I'm gonna go. And you make the phone call or you go to the coffee and you're looking at them across and you're talking about, you know, whatever the wildflowers and the lilies in the fields, whatever, all the things uh, that you talk about. And then it's like game time. And she's like, oh my gosh, now what do I say? What do I, what do I say? I don't, I don't know what to say. Now, now you do. Because Carlos, Enrique Huitiga Guzman and Chibokabeo is about to give you a whole bunch of statements. Okay. I've given you reasons why now this is what you say. How about this? Let's just start. Literally say this. Hey, if, if you're having a hard time right now, you can tell me. I just, I want to let you know that I'm here for you. Boom. There it is. Hey, if you're, if you're having a hard time right now, I want to let you know, you can tell me I'm here for you. There's, there's a statement that you can say right away. Okay. Now, this next one is something we do all the time. I fail at this every single day because it's so easy just to ask somebody, how's it going? But what I want us to do, what I want you to do, if you're asking somebody that's struggling through a season of anxiety, is when you ask them, hey, how's it going? And they answer, this is what I do all the time. And what I'm so grateful people did to me. Say, well, what does that mean? Like if they say, oh, fine. Well, what does that mean? That, that, that question right there will stop people in their tracks. What does that mean? And then they'll tell you, you know, if they say fine, um, then they'll tell you what that means. And if they say, I mean, things are okay, then they'll tell you what that means. You know, this Sunday, um, I was at church and I was walking by somebody that like is, is an acquaintance, not necessarily even a friend. You know, I, mean, I don't even think we've talked outside of the, the lobby at church. Um, but I asked him, man, how's it going? And he goes, oh, you know, it's all right. And I, I mean, right away, you know, if somebody says that, that there's something else there. And what, what I would normally do is be like, oh, all right, cool, man. And, and walk off like, <laughs> I mean, if we take, take a step back from that conversation that happens every day to all of us and think about really how blatant we are with our ignoring of people's problems when they answer it that way. It's so true. It's what we do. <laughs> Because what I, what I did was like, he basically said, oh man, I, I'm not, I'm really not doing well. And I would have basically ignored him by being like, all right, man, see you later. But you know what I said instead? I can't believe I did it. Um, because, well, I can believe I did it, but I said, well, what does that mean? I, I literally said, what does that mean? And it, it led into a 10 minute conversation about how his dad had passed away in January um, he'd just gone to the Garth Brooks concert the night before and it was his dad's favorite artist and he was thinking about his dad and I was able to like, man, I got somewhere so deep by, ask, by, by putting in a few more words. What does that mean? Four words propelled the conversation uh, into a place that allowed him to heal. So when you ask somebody that you know, I mean, go ahead, just ask him, how's it going? And if they go, all right, that, they are, that is them begging you to ask, what does that mean? And then, man, then it, then it falls right in, right? So we're still on the, hey, right? Just add hey to the top of all these things and you guys, you guys will get there. Um, how about, you know, how about if you see somebody, uh, and I think this is really helpful. 
who is posting things on social media, right? Or, you know, texts or whatever, group texts or whatever. And, and it, and it feels like something's off. You know, I, I, I challenge all of you to reach out to them. And again, you're, this is, this is us reaching out to people that aren't asking us specifically to help them. And I know that this isn't easy, but if you see some things like that, like honestly, like reach out, especially if you're friends with them or if you love them and just say, Hey, you know, I, I saw what you wrote. Um, can, can I ask you how you're feeling right now? Like, like, tell me about it. Like, like just dive right in. Gosh, you know, I look back at my social media posts of 2011, 2010, when I was like in the depths of despair, um, I was drinking so much. I was medicating by alcohol. I was also medicating by like artificial intimacy. Like, what is that? What do I mean by that? All kinds of things. But one example is, is like, I was posting selfies on Instagram nonstop. I mean, I just was like, because why, why would I do that? Well, like my anxiety was through the roof. So whenever I could take my mind off of me and have someone else compliment me, it was like a little hit, right? I mean, this is, this is a whole other podcast to get into that, but um, that was a medicator to my anxiety. And thankfully, you know, my, my wife was like, Hey, like what's going on? Like, like you're, you're, you're posting pictures of your freaking face all the time. Like, are you just fishing for compliments? Is there, and she didn't come about it with like, am I not giving you what you need? No, she knew she's like, what, what's, what's going on? Like what's happening? And you know, so it, that could be a spouse, but if you see something, right, say it. Like if you see something concerning, go ahead um, and say something. How about this one? And this may fit, this may, for any of you Enneagram Niners like me, this may feel like way too much. Um, but when you ask somebody, hey, how's it going? And they say, all right, this is just that second question. So many times, you can, you can get to the root by the second question alone. Bam, you're there. If they say, I'm all right, what about this? Are you, are you really all right? I mean, when's the last time someone said that to you, right? So the, uh, what I'm trying to do is just give you very basic human level responses or not even responses, but ways that you can bring out the conversation with these people that are struggling. We've got to make sure that we are reaching out to them Okay, they're not going to come to you, and so knowing they're not coming running to us, um, let's let's talk about maybe how you can take the hey this first step, maybe a little bit farther, right? Not not even giving them an an, an opportunity to eject because I know for me when I was going through my season of anxiety, um, I would eject when somebody would offer to help, and I was really uncomfortable with their offer. I would eject right now there are ways that you can offer help that are going to make them more uncomfortable than they need to be. And you need to not do that. Okay. So we need to be thinking about them obviously. Um, but also knowing that if somebody is going to has already rejected you, rejected your offer, uh, or if, and this is somebody that you love and you know that you you're kind of one of the last lines before something bad happens. Um, that's when I think the, Hey needs, to move from, Hey, to, I love like, like you could, you could put a different, um, you could put an exclamation point behind some of these, you could put a comma question mark and they mean completely different things. Um, 
but move from a hey to a hey, right? Now, now what is hey has become more of like a command and a declarative statement. So what needs to follow that is instead of asking, right? Instead of asking how they're doing, literally shift that into something that you are just going to do. So, um, hey, I want to let you know that on Tuesday morning, I'm going to show up at your house with uh, bacon, egg, and cheese plate scattered well from Waffle House, and we are going to talk, right? (laughs) So what did I do? I shifted it from a question where they have an opportunity to eject to a statement where I'm not really asking um, them for permission, right? Like, like at that point they, they know like, oh, okay, this person loves me and they're coming. So, so now, you know, I, there are going to be moments and relationships um, where, where you have to get more firm and that's okay. It, it is, it's, it's, honestly a matter of life and death for some people. And so yeah, de- get declarative, find out what, what's their favorite coffee. Um, and you go to them, Hey, I, I'm, I'm coming. Over. I know you'd like to go to bed at 10. Uh, I'm coming over at nine and I'm bringing our favorite beer, whatever it is. And we're going to talk um, just because I love you. And, and I just want to let you know that I'm, I'm here for you. I'm not going to judge you. you. You, nothing you say is going to make me like you any less. Okay. You're going to have my full attention, my full attention. I, I mean, how big is that too, right? When, when, we, when we start these questions and we're asking, making sure that our phone is off, that we're not double-minded, that we're not looking at other things, thinking about other things. No, you give them your full attention. I mean, if, that, if that's one thing that people are desperate for, is to, it's to be seen truly. Uh, I talk about that a lot in my upcoming book. But, but for now, just know that what I'm learning is, man, People are desperate to be seen, desperate. So hopefully, hopefully you guys got a couple things there, a couple things that can help you say, Hey, or Hey, or how, what, whatever, um, punctuation you place be, behind the, Hey, uh, it is going to help because it is important that we do say something to them. That is the first step. That is what we need to do. Uh, before we get into the, you guys remember what the next word is? Huh. Okay. Huh. Before we get into the, huh, uh, I would like to lean into the part of my part of the show where I get to help you guys with things you didn't even know that you needed. We're going to take just a few seconds and talk about two of my favorite. And I, when I say favorite, I mean, these are brand new favorite show partners here at the human hope podcast. And just remember, remember this, when you guys click on these links or you go visit these things, it actually helps this show and it helps them. And we want this to be a mutually um, beneficial thing for all of us, for the listener, for myself and the partners. I think the three of us can continue to make this thing spin. So take a few seconds here, listen to these partners, and we'll be back in just a second. I want to introduce the Human Hope Family to a brand new podcast by my friends Jamie and Fallon called The Snack Show. That is right. It is a podcast 100% about snacks. Now, if you're just like me, you are passionate about your favorite snacks. And Jamie and Fallon get together every single Friday to deliver to you 30 minutes on their passion for snacks. Now, they mostly have differing opinions, so it is so fun to hear them laugh about these snacks and argue about these snacks. So follow along as they live their motto, live 
laugh, and snack. A few things about my friends. Jamie is a displaced West Coast girl living in Nashville, Tennessee. She enjoys random pop culture trivia, all things snacks and beverages, and a good mystery to solve. Fallon, on the other hand, she is a Midwest girl making her way in the city, making her way in the South by way of New York City. The way to her heart is back scratches and leftovers. I promise you, you're going to love The Snack Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If there's one thing I know about hiring right now is that it's challenging. It's time for a hiring partner that can help you rise to the challenge. That is Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay a dime. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. That is Indeed. And with Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you're going to get right away a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. I am in need of Indeed myself in my own little company right now, and I love that they do assessments. There's over 135 assessment tests from cooking assessments to coding, okay? Indeed helps you see your top talents, abilities faster, with all of these incredible assessment tests. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash human hope. Offer valid through April 30th. Go to indeed.com slash human hope to claim your $75 credit before April 30th. Indeed.com slash human hope. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back with, huh, huh. You know, that's the sound that you make, at least what I make, when I learn something new. Huh. I mean, think for a second. What's what's the last new thing that you learned? Uh, Let me tell you one of the last new things that I learned is that strawberries, well, I learned this last year, this part last year, the fruit, like the strawberry itself, is actually the middle of the flower in a strawberry field. <laughs> now I know those of you that are gardeners out there are like, duh, but I had no idea until, you know, when my wife first planted these strawberries and I looked down, I was like, babe, like the, the middle of the, of the flower, it looks like a tiny little itty bitty green strawberry. It's so funny. She goes, that is the strawberry. I go, what? And then I started looking at the bigger ones and I was like, huh? Like, like there it is. I learned something. I listened. And then, you know, when I said it recently, even more recently, just today, I was teaching somebody else about strawberries. I said, do you know that the middle of the flower is strawberry flower is the strawberry? They go, huh? And my wife goes, you know, that's every fruit. I go, what? She was yeah, like apples, like peaches. Every fruit starts in the middle of a flower. I go, huh? That's where we're at. That's what I want to be. And hopefully some of you guys went, huh, you never knew that. You thought you were going to get a podcast about how to help your friend that's struggling with anxiety. And you found out that fruit comes from the middle of a flower. Well, there you go. Right. We can get into birds and we can begin into bees and pollination now. And now you're starting to get it. It's all starting to make sense. Back to helping a friend with anxiety. What are we, why are we saying, huh? Well, because we're listening because we're learning. So Um, let's just quickly jot some things down that are like 
really good um, physical characteristics that help with listening. Okay. So first of all, make sure that um, try to make sure that when you are going to have say, say this is like a deep conversation with your friend or your family member that it's, it's a safe place, right. To talk. Like if you live in a small house with a bunch of little kids running around, somebody that's struggling with anxiety doesn't, even if the kid's like three and doesn't understand, they just don't want another human near them. So make sure that it's safe. Um, make sure again, that you're giving them your full and undivided attention. I, I can't tell you the amount of times when I was in my season of anxiety that I would start to tell somebody when they asked me and then scroll, whoosh, they'd be gone. They'd be like me today, like just totally distracted. Um, and it was crushing. Big one is eye contact. Flip your phone upside down. Do not look at it. Eye contact is big. Um, and then again, you know, just make sure that, that how you're responding to them is a good representation of what they need. Okay. So th those are some good, you know, like physical elements of listening. How about, how about like in your heart and in your brain? A couple things here. When you're listening to somebody talk about their anxiety, remember you're not listening to correct them. You're listening to understand, right? You're not listening to reply. You're not trying to come up with your, okay, they're, they're talking about how they get a panic attack every single time they go down an escalator on the stairs. So let me tell, Hey, guess what? I learned that if you go down an escalator every day for 17 days, by the 18th day, you're not going to pay attention. Cause no, you don't listen to reply. You listen to understand. And you're also listening to gather information. Okay. How much information are you gathering? How much information can you gather? Uh, here's a big one. Listen with an open mind and an open heart. Right. Now it's, it's like, okay, even if I don't agree, I'm still going to listen that way. Um, and, you know, something that, I mean, I think that just goes into how a lot of people that don't struggle with anxiety can, even your face as you're listening, can you tell your face to not be judgy? Because, you know, even we may not, we may be thinking something. A lot of times we have to tell our face to not think it. Even if you're like, this sounds nuts. This sounds crazy. Please, first of all, don't, don't say nuts and crazy to somebody struggle with anxiety. But try, try to let your body also um, listen well, right? And what are, what are some of the things that, that these things help with? Well, they show empathy, shows that you're sincere, shows that you're accepting, Shows that you're learning. So let's move to learning. Okay. Huh. Well, in order to get to that word, huh, you got to listen, but then you also have to learn. So when you learn, that automatically creates a bridge towards other conversation. But how is the person you're listening to going to know that you're learning? Like, like how are they going to know that you're learning? Well, how I know that somebody's learning when I tell them about my anxiety is when there's lots of eye contact, when they're nodding their head, when they're not paying attention to something else, but also when they're repeating back to me what it is I'm saying. And I'm telling you, when, when I know that they're learning about my anxiety, it's building trust, it's showing respect. So what I would like you to do 
in order to learn is I want you to make sure that the person you're having the conversation with knows that you want them to do most of the talking, right? You want to encourage them to do almost all of the talking because what you want to do is you want to learn what they're experiencing from them, right? Without your point of view, make sure that you're allowing them to speak the most. If you're a talker, this is going to be so hard, so hard for you. Number one, again, encourage them to do most of the talking. Okay. You are a detective. You are Cagney and Lacey. You're gathering information. You are over 65 years old. If you caught that Cagney and Lacey, but you're a detective and you listen and you learn. Okay. And this is a big one, big one. Okay. If you just take one thing from this, number two under learning is you want to make sure that you, your questions that you're asking, and this actually has, this could translate into all kinds of other conversations, not just anxiety, just anything that you're trying to um, move forward in a relationship. Make sure that you're asking open questions rather than closed questions, right? So what are examples of open questions? Now, listen, you can do this with your kids, with your spouse, with your friends, whatever it is, okay? What are open questions? Open questions are literally questions that are, um, they're, they're conveying interest uh, and a desire to know more, more than whatever the answer is. So for instance, uh, say that I'm struggling with anxiety. Somebody comes up to me, a closed question is going to be like, Carlos, how are you feeling today? Well, good. Closed question. How about this one? Hey, um, Carlos, what happens when you feel like you feel today? Ah, that's an open question. See, see the difference? Um, how about another open question? Well, like what's, what's generally happening when you start to feel that way with the anxiety? What's normally happening? Guess what? Open question, right? Are, are you taking care of yourself? Close question. Do you feel better today? Close question. So make sure that you're opening up the conversation with open questions. It's so hard to do because closed questions are what we're used to in our society because it allows us to get out of the conversation faster. But that's not what we're trying to do here. Okay. And then also, as you listen, okay, I mean, I feel like this is, you know, this is all just good conversation tactics in general. Um, use what's called as reflective listening. So that, that's, that's listening and then giving, asking for feedback to what you're hearing. I mean, really it's, it's that simple. So like get feedback from the person you're listening to on if you're understanding them correctly. So, so what you're saying, what I hear you saying is blank. When you walk into a Bucky's on highway 75 in Calhoun and you walk in there it is like walking into a panic attack. That's what you're saying. Yep, that's what I'm saying. Because that's what happened to me today when I went into Bucky's. Have you ever been to Bucky's, by the way? Bucky's is like, I don't know, the Taj Mahal of gas stations. And they're so big. They have like 150 gas pumps. The inside of the Bucky's is like as big as a super Walmart. It's the craziest thing, but they got some nice bathrooms. 
Um, <clears throat> why, why, why did I just start talking about Bucky's? This is why I have a podcast because I just talk. Um, oh, because we're ref- we're using reflective listening. <laughs> yes, Carlos. What I hear you saying is that you you when you walk into Bucky's, you have a paying attack because it's like yeah, that that's reflective listening. So we've got what what are our three the three H's triple H. Hey, that starts the conversation, huh? That means you're listening, and then here. That means now we're going to step in and offer. We're going to offer. It's, it is okay. I, I don't want you to think that we're not offering help because it's very important that we offer help. Um, I found this on online. This is actually really good. Things people who are struggling with anxiety would like you to say and do. Okay. This is an awesome list. Ready? Things to say. I've got you things to say. Tell me more. Oh, this is a good one. Things people who are struggling would like you to say, say very clearly and repeatedly. I want to listen to you. You are not a burden to me. I want to listen to you. You're not a burden to me. Something else. Please know I'm not judging you as I hear you. Mm, That's good. Something else. What can I get you or do for you? And then repeat, it's not a burden. I want to do this. Helping you makes me feel good. So good. So important, right? Um, oh, here's another good one. I'm not going to let you down or reject you. Even if other people have, I'm here for you. I mean, do, do you hear like, I mean, when's the last time you said, so, said that to anybody? That's some solid stuff. So those are Things people who are struggling would like you to say. What about things who are struggling? People are, who are struggling would like you to do. Things to do. Show empathy, right? Empathy conveys what you say matters. I respect you. I want to understand what you think and feel through your eyes, right? So this is different from pity, sympathy, which conveys, yeah, that sucks, right? So like. Sympathy is feeling bad for someone. Empathy is feeling bad with someone. Empathy is what's needed. Being present, right? Simply being around, like be, be good company, depending on your relationship. I mean, it, this can go to a whole spectrum of things, but be present. Even if you're not, if you don't live near this person, you can be present by calling, texting. I mean, a phone call. That's the last thing I want to do. I don't want to talk to nobody on my phone anymore. No. Like we're getting so used to like Marco Polo culture, right? Where it's just Marco Polo is an app if you don't use it, but it's walkie talkie style. I send you a video, you send me a video. It feels like we're having a conversation, but then when we see each other face to face, we don't know how to have a conversation. Use your phone. Call. So good. How about invite? Extend an invitation to join you for something, a movie, coffee, lunch, and, and if you get rejected, invite again. And if you get rejected, invite again. Ah, this is a big one. Acknowledge success, right? So the, the people that are struggling with uh, anxiety, um, they're, they're constantly being criticized and told about how they're not doing well. Man, if you can even point out some of their tiny accomplishments, I mean, and say it like, oh my gosh, I, I noticed that, that today, 
you you weren't wringing your hands back and forth during that conversation in the green room. I, I could tell that you felt a little better. Don't ask them if they felt better. You tell them that you saw them better. Sometimes that's that's all it takes. But acknowledge those things. Let them know. Man, I can't believe you did that. That's awesome that you made it. Give them, give them that acknowledgement of their success. And then also, um, you know, get, give them help with looking for the next step, right? Like making the appointment for the therapist, giving a ride to the appointment for the inner healing prayer session, whatever it is, be proactive and say, Hey, I'm, I'll, I'll take you. I'll help you. All of these guys. I just, I wish somebody would have told my friends these things when I was going through it. Now, please be prepared. If, if you, if you give them the, Hey, huh? Here, you give them the three H's. Honestly, be prepared for like defensiveness, denial, anger. It's not like you do these things and they're going to be like, wow, thank you so much for helping me with my anxiety. No, like, like a lot of people are going to be defensive. They're going to be fearful, anxious, embarrassed. So just, just don't take those things personally and understand that it is important. Here's a couple don'ts. We talked about what to do. Let's talk about what not to do. Okay. Very important. Ready? Don't be the expert, right? Like avoid things like just put it in God's hands. Um, look, I've, I've been there. I'm telling you, you got to do it this way. You need the meds, right? Or you know what? What you need is you just need to um, take seven days and go on vacation. Then the anxiety will go away. Don't don't be the expert, okay? Um, these all of these things cause things to just shut down. Okay, we're we're trying to open things, not close them. Um, don't be patronizing or minimize their feelings, right? Let's give some examples of that. Oh, you seem fine. <laughs> I mean, can I let you know how hard it was for me to seem fine when I was struggling? I was like the worship pastor of a church with a couple thousand people. I had to be on stage um, and I had to be in front of people and I had to do all the, and when I was going through the worst of this and people would know, they knew cause I had a panic attack in like on stage in public. That was my story. You can go back to episode six to hear that. But you know, after people saw me at my lowest, when I was like, 20% better, 20% better looked a lot better than 0%, right? So they were like, oh man, I mean, you seem fine now, Carlos. Yeah, I seem fine, but I'm freaking out on the inside. So don't be dismissive. Don't minimize their feelings. Um, don't let them know that other people have had it worse or that you've had it worse. That's not empathizing. Um, here's a good one. I love this. Don't give advice before asking first. How do you do that? Two really easy statements. Ready? When you're ready, because we we all do have good advice. I mean, I, I know you guys got good advice. I got good advice. We all have advice. Like we've all seen things work. If you want to give it, ask if you can give it. How can you ask? Hey, um, we, would you like some feedback from me? Ask that. Yeah, let them say yes. Hey, w- when you're ready, I want to let you know that I got some ideas. Right? Don't give advice before asking don't shame, blame, or judge. Hey, listen, you got to you got to pull yourself together, man. That is, that's ridiculous. Like, don't shame that. I don't need to spend any time on that. Don't don't shame. Don't second guess. This is a big one. Okay. Don't second guess. So, if somebody tells you that they're anxious, 
don't say things like, well, I mean, come on. Like we all feel that way sometimes. Like everybody, everybody gets like a little anxious. I'm sure you're not like, like, I'm sure you don't have like an actual diagnosable version of anxiety. Like do not say that. Okay. Don't second guess. Don't deflect. Okay. Uh, That's what we want to do because it's uncomfortable. Uh, You'll feel better tomorrow. Talk to me tomorrow. Hey, yeah, that really sucks. But what, like what's new? Like if somebody is going to tell you that they're anxious, that means they want you in, in it with them. They want you to empathize with them. Don't deflect. Um, And honestly, this is, this is really big. Um, If somebody's agitated or angry, like they're, they're, their anxiety, I mean, they may be in the middle of a panic episode. Your job is always, always to keep yourself calm. Like you're the one in control. If they're not, help bring them back in control. De-escalate whatever it is. Um, don't argue. Um, don't let your emotions take, take. Oh, what was it Annie Downs told me this week? My emotions can be in the car, but they can't drive. I think I may have messed that up. Sorry, Annie, but it's so good. Um, yeah, guys. I mean, that, that's really, that's really it. Remember, I want you guys also to remember this, that you don't have to do this alone. Like you, you don't. Okay. Especially like if you're not the family member of somebody that you're helping, make sure their family knows. I think it's really important. Okay. Um, so you don't have to do this all alone. Remember that, um, involve their family, um, again, unless there's a dangerous reason to not involve their family, make sure that you're, um, involving family. And then also, listen, this is what I'm going to say. Just because you aren't struggling or don't struggle with anxiety does not mean that you don't need to see a therapist yourself. So, I mean, that's something that I would also say is go find a therapist and start going yourself. And what that's going to do is a, it's going to help you stay healthy. B it's going to give you, uh, and you're going to start seeing ways to communicate not that you're becoming a therapist, but listen, just talking to my therapist gives me ways of yeah, a lot of those open-ended questions, super helpful. A lot. I'm hearing my therapist ask me open-ended questions all the time. She never asks me a closed question ever. It's always open. So go to therapy, do it. Um, gosh, that uh, that's a lot. That is 56 minutes of us helping others people that we love with their anxiety and panic attacks and whatever it may be. I, I really hope that this was helpful for you. Um, I, I hope that you've taken, even if you could just take a few of these things, one of these things, plug them in. I think what it's going to do is it's going to accelerate them towards their healing in a way uh, that is going to make you say, hey, I, I could do this again. I could do this for somebody else. Um, go ahead and share this podcast with people that you think it could help. I encourage if you know somebody um, that is struggling with anxiety, I would I would have you send episode six of the Human Hope podcast this episode this podcast uh, from early last year. And also, I think it'd be good for you to go back to listen to that podcast as well because I think it's something that could really, really help you. Fifty seven minutes and two seconds. That's how much talking I did before this point in the show. So A, I want to apologize, but B, I want to say thank you for listening so intently. Okay, now that the beat has dropped, uh, a couple housekeeping things. 
Make sure, make sure, make sure you are sharing this show with as many people as possible. We want as many people on planet Earth to be listening to the Human Hope Podcast so that they can find a little bit of hope as well. And also, make sure you are subscribed. That means you follow on Apple Music, you subscribe on Spotify, whatever it is, so you don't miss an episode because there may, just may, be some bonus episodes coming in the future bonus episodes that you're not going to want to miss and maybe they're going to be dropping on different days i don't know maybe i'm just hearing things through the grapevine but i'm letting you know that we are taking this up to a whole other level thanks for hanging out with me and we'll see you next week on human hope